What is going on everybody? Merry Christmas and welcome to Rock Video Rental. I am Brandon and with me as always is Caleb. Caleb, how's it going? It's going pretty good. And yeah, Christmas. I actually totally did not think about how we're going to record next week. <laughs> uh, we might have to record early and then yeah, we'll figure out when we're going to release the episode. Yeah, I think we'll be good. Yeah, we'll be good. We're not doing the sports stuff. So, yeah, we've got an extra day. So, yeah, I went into brief panic mode. I keep forgetting, like, Christmas has always been looming. Uh, not like in a bad way, but, well, we have deadlines at work, but that's no big deal. But it just, work has been so busy that I haven't realized how quickly it snuck up. Yeah, it's really come on fast. Um, man, the whole month of December has gone fast. Uh, and what's even crazier to think about is that I've been working from home since the end of March. Yeah. <laughs> and that is like, since then it's flown by. Yeah. And we got the word the other day that we're going to be working from home until the beginning of March at least. So it's going to be like an entire year of working from home. That's crazy. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I'm not to dive into a side topic too much, but I'm optimistic and hoping that, you know, businesses make good decisions and, you know, do kind of more of a balance kind of a thing on what work can be done at home and, you know, what you have to go in for. Right. But who knows? That's we're we're getting way ahead of ourselves. <laughs> it's still 2020. Yeah. Uh, 2020, the year that was a pile of crap. Yep, the year of the, uh, I don't know. The turd? Yeah, the year <laughs> of the turd. I was trying to think of a creative one from the Chinese calendar, but yeah, year of the turd, I think is best. Yeah. Um, even though it has been a turd, it's given us a lot of time to watch some stuff and catch up on things. Uh, that being said, what have you been watching? Well, surprisingly enough, I actually have stuff to share about watching, uh, even though I got a new video game, which I will get to here in a moment. But, uh, yeah, we did. We've still been going with How I Met Your Mother. My wife and I are watching that. And um, we are kind of close. I don't think we're in the last season. Yeah, no, we're not in the last season yet. Um, but then I watched... For the first time ever, the Deadpool movie. All right. So that is on Hulu, if anybody's interested. And uh, yeah, so I watched that. I think, I guess I kind of should have looked when it came up or uh, came out. But I wouldn't say I was hesitant about that one. But that movie got so much hype when it came out that I didn't want to see it <laughs> because the last time someone hyped me up now, this one, this movie didn't get so much hype um, overall from everyone. It was kind of more specifically a few people that I knew. Yeah. Um, but the last time something like that happened, I hated the movie and it was a terrible experience. So I kind of just let Deadpool sit there and then I kind of forgot about it and finally got around to watching it. So. Yeah, it's, man, some of those movies, like, 
people will overhype them to you. And uh, there's this one guy I talked to online. He's he's got a podcast where they re- review movies. Um, uh, his name's Jack. He, he always talks about when somebody tells him that a movie is amazing, it's almost like a death sentence. <laughs> yeah. He's like, because many people's definition of amazing is different than what mine is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so people tell me it's amazing. And it's like, to me, it's automatically not going to live up to that hype. Yeah. I usually try to, um, uh, dampen my excitement or pull back on my uh hypometer <laughs> i don't know yeah. um but just kind of like if i go to somebody and they ask about it and it's just like oh yeah it's a movie that i think anybody could, will enjoy you know yeah. that's kind of one of those things where i think it's really good and you should probably go see it but i'm not going to talk about it too much just because otherwise it might ruin it for you yeah, usually I tell people like something's entertaining or it's fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, so Deadpool, which w- have you seen that one? Um, I saw the last five minutes of it <laughs> one time, <laughs> kind of on accident. Um, but no, I haven't watched the whole thing. It's it, pretty funny. Uh, you know how I am with superhero movies. I'm kind of worn out on them. Well, yeah, this is not your typical superhero mo- uh, movie for sure. But yeah, it was, it was. Good. I mean, like honestly, when I started watching it, I kind of forgot it was a superhero movie, um, because it's so different. But either way, um, that that was good. I enjoyed that. Uh, I fit that in, even though last week it's been like a full week now. I got Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Yeah. Which, interestingly enough, it was just announced today that Sony has removed the game from the PlayStation Store and is offering refunds to customers that bought digital copies. Really? Yeah, so apparently it's not working so well on the uh, old-gen consoles, so like PlayStation 4 and so on and so forth. Hmm. I'm not having much of a problem with PlayStation 5. Now, granted, I will admit that... I have not been playing my PlayStation 5 as much as some people have. So I don't know if I just kind of haven't pushed it to its limits yet. But the game has uh, frozen on me two or three times, I think. And then there have been... I've seen glitches in the game, but there was only one time that a glitch actually affected my gameplay, and it was in a side mission. So Hmm. all in all, my opinion, not that terrible yeah you gotta love when a game freezes um back when i used to play ps3 i had one of the nhl games that used to freeze all the time on me and i knew when it was gonna do it no some of the ncaa football games were notorious for that too oh yeah yep so but no i'm i'm really enjoying it it's actually been a long time since i've played an rpg quite like this one so I haven't really played the main missions. I'm still kind of like getting used to the mechanics. It seems like there's a a ton of depth to the game. So I'm really excited about it because essentially a huge component is you can upgrade your character, but quite literally because they're cybernetic. So you can do mechanical upgrades. Hmm. 
Um, so I was playing for a while and then I got an upgrade where I can now like my character can now do a double jump. So it'll jump once in the air and then you can jump again. So, yeah. and you can choose different ones you want. So it's, it's interesting, but yeah, I mean, you might want, if you're interested in it, you might want to wait until they figure out what the heck is going on, but uh, <laughs> I've enjoyed it so far. Uh, yeah. I might definitely have to wait on that one then. Yeah. Uh, anything else you've been watching? Uh, nope. You're playing or whatever. That's all I got. So, what's your list look like? Uh, I'm gonna condense mine down a little bit because I've been watching a lot of stuff lately. <laughs> <gasps> Shocker. So I finished the Sopranos. Hey, so you got to yeah. see the amazing epic ending. Actually, you know what? In context, it wasn't bad. I kind of mm-hmm. understand why they did it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean this the show's been ended for like 15 years, so I'm just gonna tell you what happens so okay. the end is you know the family is going to have dinner uh you know they all sit down in this restaurant this guy walks in he looks suspicious and you know the camera keeps like going to the guy to see what he's doing so you get like kind of this paranoid feeling that something's gonna happen mm-hmm. uh and then the guy just like gets up and goes to the bathroom and then you see like these two younger black guys um and they you know they they're acting a little suspicious too so you get kind of anxious like oh these guys are gonna do something <laughs> but you know, like nothing happens with that so like it makes you think that you know the the character of tony soprano with everything that's happened in a series he's gonna be like living in fear this whole life and like you know he's gonna be paranoid that somebody's gonna come after him mm-hmm. for all the stuff he's done so I kind of understand how they did that because, you know, that they have this scene where you get these characters that you think are going to, you know, come and shoot Tony or, uh, like, do something to his family. But in the end, like, the screen just goes black and that's just the end of the series. Hmm. So, like, you feel like this anxiety build up and, you know, it kind of just puts you in the shoes of the character. So I kind of understand why they did it. But when I first heard that was the ending, I was like, oh my gosh, that is dumb. But within the context of the show, it makes sense. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so it was kind of a kind of a cool way to end a, a series. Um, you know, aside from The Sopranos, I watched quite a few movies. Uh, I watched White Men Can't Jump. I think that's the first time I've seen that movie all the way through. You know, I have not seen that all the way through. You feel, should watch it. it. It was pretty good. I think I own it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's got uh, a fair amount of things that you would enjoy it. I mean, uh, it's basketball. Yeah, it's a basketball movie. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it's also like kind of like a buddy movie. Yeah, where uh, Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes just they have such great chemistry in that movie. It plays so well off each other. Nice. Um yeah, it's it's definitely a good watch. And oh my gosh, I've not seen the movie, but movie pitch idea: old men can't jump. <laughs> With both of those characters again. Oh, uh, yeah, that's, that's it. Pretty funny. Million dollar idea. Somebody do it now. <laughs> <laughs> old white men can't jump. Uh, yeah, and then. You know, another kind of iconic 90s movie. I watched Fargo for the first time. Whoa, what? Yeah. 
I kind of just stumbled across it on accident. I was watching something on YouTube, and like the next video it played was Fargo because Fargo's on YouTube right now for free with ads. And okay. I'm like, how have I never like I've always wanted to watch this movie, and I've just never got around to watching it. I've only like seen parts of it, so I watched the whole thing, and you know, it wasn't bad. It, uh, it's the Cohen brothers. You know, they also made Big Lebowski. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's a lot of actors that you know are in both movies, but I don't. Know, I still like the Big Lebowski better. But I I enjoyed it. It was a good movie. Acting was great. Nice. Yeah. No, that movie, man. It's been a while, but I. That's a really well done movie. Right yeah, there. for sure. Um, and I guess the last. TV show that I'll mention is I started watching The Mandalorian on Disney Plus. Oh yeah, dude, it's really good. Have you watched it yet? Yeah. Um, when we had it for, I think we had our month trial. Um, we were watching it, or I I watched it. My wife didn't watch it, and so I have not seen the the newest season, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's um, it's no, like. Star Wars meets a Western. Yeah, meets a Western, and it's not, I don't know. I mean, of course it's going to feel different because it's a TV show, because, you know, Star Wars was the franchise movies. Um, I know that they have all, like, the animated series and things like that, but I'm not familiar with it. So it was just kind of interesting to get that um, universe handed to you in, you know, TV show segments, episodes. I mean, um but yeah, they did a good job with it. I think it's a really good show. Yeah. Um, and kind of ironic that I started watching that because uh, the man who, you know, wrote and like produced and everything, the show, The Mandalorian, also directed the movie that we're reviewing this week. Dun, dun, dun. So <laughs> I guess we can dive right into that. New Line Cinema proudly presents a little holiday story. One Christmas Eve, Santa Claus got an unexpected gift of his own. (laughs) What in the name of Sam Hill? Thirty years later... Let's recite the code of the elves, shall we? The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Buddy's discovering who he really is. You're not like the rest of us. I was sure when you cracked six feet that it would come up. My bad. You're not an elf. taking a journey to find the family he's never known in a place where he finally fits in. Boy. And nothing's going to stop him. Sorry, your car's pretty. Will Ferrell is Elf. Hey, what's your name? Does someone need a hug? God! <laughs> Nutcracker! Catch the holiday spirit. So the movie of the week is Elf. It was made in 2003 and it was directed by John Favreau, 
who I mentioned earlier, wrote and produced The Mandalorian. Uh, the plot for the movie is, after discovering he is a human, a man raised as an elf at the North Pole decides to travel to New York City to locate his real father. Uh, the cast is Will Ferrell as Buddy the Elf, James Kahn as Walter, Bob Newhart as Papa Elf, Ed Asner as Santa, Mary Steenburgen as Emily, and Zoe Deschanel as Jovi. Um, this has become like a classic Christmas movie and it blows my mind that this movie is now 17 years old, <laughs> dude. I was so, that was, I had that down. I was going to mention that. Uh, I, I was just like, how did this movie come out? I did not even remember that this came out while I was still in high school. Yeah. I don't think I saw it until man, after I was in college. Because, you know, we both graduated in 05. Yeah. So, it was probably college when I first saw it, because I didn't see it in theater. Yeah, I didn't either, and I don't recall seeing it until college either. I mean, I don't remember the first time, but I know it wasn't new. Yeah. Yeah, I think the first time I saw it was probably on DVD. Because I, I think the DVD I had was like one of those two disc ones where one of them is full screen and one is widescreen. <laughs> nice. And funny thing is at the time, like I didn't have a widescreen TV. So I took the full screen one and I give the widescreen DVD to my brother. Ah, <laughs> what were you thinking? <laughs> I know, but you know, it's still, it's still, I still have the DVD and still watch it, but actually for kind of, charging my memory here of it i i've watched it on amc because they have like that collection right now on the app called best christmas ever but they've oh, got yeah. like a few pretty good christmas movies and that was one of them um it's funny now to like look back at it because it was like this is directed by john favreau i mean back at the time like he really didn't do too many movies before that like he was more of an actor yeah. And a writer. Uh-huh. And it's just he's got a wide variety. Yeah, he's he's very versatile. <laughs> mhm. So, yeah, I um uh something to mention before we get uh further with this is I believe this is actually the first movie review that we're doing that my wife watched the movie with me. <laughs> <laughs> This is her favorite Christmas movie, so. Yeah, I think you, you've told me that before. It's one of my wife's favorites, too. So we've watched it a couple times already this year. And we watched the little documentary they made for on Netflix. Have you watched that yet? Oh, no, I haven't. Yeah, you guys should check that out. It's um, So a couple of years ago, they came out with this little mini series called The the Movies That Made Us. Oh, Kind of a yeah. spinoff or the the toys that made us that they have mm-hmm. uh, so the movies that made us they did i can't remember all of them but the ones i remember are, are dirty dancing ghostbusters home alone uh die hard and there's one other one that i can't think of off the top of my head but they kind of just dive into um you know how they were made 
the process of casting and all the things they had to go into making the movie. Uh, dude, the one on Home Alone is really good. I've watched it a couple times. I feel like that's, that would be an interesting one. Yeah, that's definitely one you should check out. The The Dirty Dancing one was pretty good as well. Uh, and just for like, I think they just really released this um, on like the beginning of December, but now they have the holiday movies that made us, you know, I'm a little disappointed. They only did two, but mm-hmm. the two that they did were elf and nightmare before Christmas. So okay. we watched the elf one, you know, my wife actually enjoyed it and she's really not much of a documentary person. Yeah. And this is how we realize this movie is 17 years old. And we're just like, wow, we feel old. <laughs> <laughs> so they give some really cool facts on this and some kind of like behind the scenes footage and, you know, what went into making this. And at the time, you know, this is like Will Ferrell's first leading role in a movie. Oh, man, I didn't even think about that. And it's one of John Favreau's first, like, big directing jobs. Mm-hmm. And it just, you know, how well this movie did and how popular it got from there and how it's become, you know, like I said, like a like a Christmas classic now. Yeah. And I mean, even from the cast, like you look at the cast now and it's like an all-star cast. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, they had, and it's kind of interesting because it's really, when you think about it, a really small cast. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of, characters but the ones they have are all like big names (laughs) yeah you know just the idea of having um you know will ferrell james Kahn, and ed asner all in the same movie is kind of funny Mm -hmm. and and mary steenburgen who's also in stepbrothers with will ferrell oh yeah um but yeah you know this is the movie i've seen god countless times we, I mean, we watch it numerous times every single year because, like I said, it's one of my wife's favorites. Yeah. Uh, I don't. There's so many cool things with this movie, like just like the sets and how you know how they they shot things in the North Pole. How mm-hmm. you know all the elves are you know the elves are just normal people. You know, it's not like the movie The Santa Claus of Tim Allen where all the elves are just children. Oh, yeah. You know, so Tim Allen just automatically looks bigger because he's an adult. But these are like real like adult people. And uh, there's really like there's no CGI in it. It's all like forced perspective, which is a very old technique. But it's when done right, it looks great. And that's, you know, this movie is a great example of it. Yeah, and I think that it was kind of, I don't know, it it fit with this Christmas movie, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, I guess we can get into like some of the scenes and stuff because this is kind of a movie that's, you know, it's got a good story to it, but it's also got kind of some famous and funny scenes in it more than, you know, just the story as a whole. But, you know, we get like a kind of a backstory of Buddy the Elf, which is Will Ferrell's character growing up. Uh, basically, he was a baby that was in an orphanage who stowed away in Santa's uh, sack and was taken back to the North Pole. Uh, he was raised by elves his whole life. So 
you know, he's he's kind of kind of a simpleton. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this kind of started Will Ferrell's man child like roles. Uh, you know, like Talladega Nights. Uh, Step Brothers is definitely one of those where mm-hmm. he's kind of like a kid stuck in a man's body. Yeah. Uh, so he's completely oblivious to the fact that he's a human and everybody else are elves. So even though he's like twice everybody's size, uh, we get some funny things with that. You know, they show him playing basketball, uh, trying to put shoes on. And, you know, even when he, he uses the bathroom or like sleeps in bed, he's just twice the size of anything that he's using. Yeah. I think my favorite was the shower. (laughs) Right. I had an apartment in Saginaw that was like that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the, the shower was really set up kind of weird. It was a super old house that was made into a duplex. Nice. Yeah, so the shower was kind of goofy like that. Um, yeah, um, we get some kind of funny scenes with Buddy trying to fit in with everyday elf life where he's making toys and, you know, you see him doing it and you're like, oh, he's doing a good job. And then... Uh, they talk about like his numbers and like his meeting his quota. And I don't remember the exact number, but they're like, how many, it's like your quota is like 200. How many have you made? And he's like, uh, 60. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's just like shocked. You know, like 60 is a, a huge number of etch-a-sketches to make in like a little bit of time that they've been doing it. But like, you know, these elves are like master toy makers. So, yeah. Uh, you know, basically, Buddy just trying to fit in and having no clue that he's actually human, and he actually finds out that he's a human, overhearing his boss and like another person talk. <laughs> it's like if he hasn't figured out he's human by now, he's never gonna figure it out. Yeah, it was um, it was kind of funny too. I liked how they did the different. Uh, if you're an elf, you only have so many different jobs you can do. Yeah, you can you can make shoes while the cobbler's sleeping. <laughs> or you can bake cookies in a tree. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's pretty great. Uh, so, you know, after he stops making the edge of sketches, then he gets put on, like, kind of like toy testing. <laughs> so he's, like, sitting there doing jack-in-a-box. And he gets, like, completely surprised every single time that the jack-in-a-box pops up. <laughs> Uh, you know and from there like his bob newhart plays his dad and i don't know i always enjoyed seeing bob newhart and things like i grew up watching bob newhart show with my parents oh okay and it's just a guy like his comic style is so unique and it's like it's still funny you know he's been doing comedy forever but just like his delivery and uh just his style of humor like it's still just really funny to me and actually uh a few months ago he was on conan o'brien's podcast and i listened to that and that was that was really good Mm. um it probably like i think one of the latest things he's done is he was professor proton on big bang theory oh i do i'm not zero (laughs) yeah i man there's a lot of big bang theory that i'm not familiar with so i did not know he was in there oh wow yeah you need to get hbo max then and then watch all big bang theory (laughs) there's a lot i need to do yeah 
Yeah, you really do. Oh, and also, this might make you get HBO Max. All the Die Hard movies and all the Lethal Weapon movies are on there right now. <gasps> oh my god. Well, I guess the three good Die Hard movies are on there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so basically, you know, Buddy finds out he's human, that he has a, a real father who is in New York City. Um, Santa's giving him like the lowdown on his dad and um and then Buddy is petrified like to find out that his dad is on the naughty list. <laughs> uh so he travels his way to uh New York to like find his dad. Uh we get kind of like a funny little like montage of areas he's going through and he you know, ends up in the Lincoln Tunnel and uh, coming into New York City. And it's those are some of like the best scenes of the movie is like him walking around New York City dressed as an elf and interacting with people and like the environment. Yeah. Well, one one dumb little part that just I always remember and it just makes me laugh is when he's leaving the North Pole and the narwhal uh, narwhal. <laughs> shows up wall, yeah and he's like bye buddy hope you find your dad thanks mr narwhal <laughs> <laughs> that cracks me up every time too i got a fact about that i'll get to when we get to the facts and trivia oh nice uh, kind of about the whole uh north pole set and everything that goes on with it but uh you know after he makes it to new york he meets his dad and his dad is like a complete workaholic doesn't want to believe that he has a son uh, with someone other than his wife, and especially someone as bizarre as Buddy, who you know keeps telling everybody that he is an elf from the North Pole. <laughs> uh, this is we get a whole bunch of your your stereotypical like fish out of water stuff, but it's it's played so well with how Will Ferrell portrays the character. He's got like. A childhood innocence but at the same time he's like he's like a young kid trapped in this goofy middle-aged man's body mm-hmm. uh, it's like big yeah pretty much except you know will ferrell's goofier than tom hanks <laughs> yeah that that is true um you know and it was just we get a like bunch of montages of him just doing different things around new york and interacting with different people and different things uh he ends up kind of like unofficially working at gimbals because he's walking around in the department store and uh like from the kids section this manager spots him and he thinks like hey you're supposed to be upstairs like in the north pole area working and uh you know that's when Buddy meets like his love interest and in, you know coworker of Jovi, who's played by Zoe Deschanel, mm-hmm. and you, he quickly takes a liking to her, and she's kind of like intrigued by him because he's just so different than anybody she's ever met. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, you know we kind of get like the scenes of their relationship kind of growing and changing. Uh, but it's always kind of kind of funny. Uh, 
you know, and at the same time, you know, Buddy finally, you know, tries to connect with his father and get him to know that, like, you know, I am your long lost son. And, <laughs> you know, he gets it from, <laughs> he buys him that lingerie and sends it to him because, uh, you know, the sign says, for someone special. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he opens it up and, like, there's a card. And like inside the card, there's a picture of Walter and like a girlfriend he had in college. Mm-hmm. And that's when he's like, how else could this guy get this picture? You know? So he gets him and he takes him to the doctor. The doctor is actually played by John Favreau, the director. Um, and has a blood test taken and a typical movie fa- fashion. Um, the blood test results come back within like 10 minutes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> he's like, yep, he's your son. So now buddy comes to live with, uh, Walter Hobbs and, you know, his family, his wife and his young son. And, you know, of course his wife in, you know, normal character that Mary Steenburgen plays just like motherly, sweet and nice. And very understanding, very forgiving, and uh, just, you know, pretty much who you'd want your mom to be. I mean, <laughs> yeah. she basically plays the same character in Step Brothers. Yeah, absolutely. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. Um, so we get kind of just, you know, Walter kind of button heads with Buddy and being, like, as overall annoyed by him. Uh, Walter's son just, you know, thinking that Buddy's rather strange and uh, Emily, Walter's wife, just kind of hoping that, you know, somehow those two can build a relationship together and get to know each other better. Now, now there needs to be a slight conversation here because she invites him to stay with them. Like, <laughs> Just, I, yeah, without knowing anything about him. Yeah. He's a guy who thinks he's an elf. Yeah. Know? And they're just like, who is this wackadoodle? <laughs> I know. For, I mean, first of all, you invite him into the home and then he has dinner with you where it's like, okay, there's, there's that. But then you invite him to, you know, sleep in your home. And I was just like, oh, I was watching with my wife and I was just like, no way. No way would I ever consider doing something like that. And she's like, oh, yeah, there's no way I would let you do something like that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Just, yeah, that's always a little strange, too, if you, like, stop and think about it. Especially when they have a son who's, I don't know, how old is he? Maybe, like, 12? Yeah, uh, 12 to maybe 14. Yeah, right around there. He's, like, a preteen. Um. Yeah, and those two like really kind of hit it off uh, because you know, buddy, like his like the first day there, he stays home. That's another thing too. Like they all go to work, and um, you know the son goes to school, and they just leave buddy there by himself, and they don't even really know him. Yeah, like he could have just robbed the place and left. Yeah, it's uh, so so bizarre. But I yeah. mean, like it, it's the context of the movie, but still, like <laughs> when you take it for what it really is, yeah. you just have to laugh. Yeah. 
So, you know, they all go and they leave Buddy behind, and he's, like, just super high-strung and always wants attention and everything. So he ends up um, waiting outside of the school for for Michael to, to get out. And, you know, at first Michael's just like, oh, my God, this guy's so weird. Like, I don't want my friends to know that he's my, you know, my half-brother. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not until, you know, Buddy starts, like, chasing him down, trying to talk to him, and he's just like, oh, leave me alone. And uh, Michael gets hit with a snowball over by Central Park, and Buddy's just like, what's going on? He's like, we got to get away from these guys. They're bad news. And Buddy's like, what are you worried about? We can take them. And he's like, just make as many snowballs as you can. And in the time it takes Michael to make one snowball, Buddy makes like 20. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get like this epic snowball fight where Buddy's just mowing everybody down like he's got a machine gun that shoots snowballs. <laughs> uh, and that's what him and Michael kind of like bond. And, uh, man, I don't know how I kind of glossed over the part how Buddy gets fired from Gimbal's. Oh, yeah, that happened already. Oh, yeah, that did. Uh, basically, you know, Buddy gets fired because the the manager there at Gimple said that they're going to have Santa come in. Buddy's all excited because he's like, oh, my God, I know Santa. And he decorates the whole place. Uh, the manager gets paranoid the next day because he thinks that they hired, like, some decorating crew that's going to, like, take their jobs. Uh, and then Santa shows up and obviously, you know, it's just like a mall Santa and buddy just, it's like, you're not the real Santa. And, you know, he ends up ripping his beard off and like telling all the kids, like, he's not the real Santa. Don't tell him what you want. He's an imposter. And it just starts like this huge blow up fight. Uh, and in turn, you know, buddy gets fired. Um, I'd like to know how Gimbal somehow finds the worst Santa Claus. (laughs) Played by Artie Lang. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, they really did get the worst one. Um, Well, they got even worse one later on, but that's kind of back to what we were talking about before with Buddy and Michael kind of bonding. Uh, They go back to Gimbal's, and this is like where... You know, they go to, like, the North Pole area. And one of my favorite scenes, which is kind of... I don't know why it's grown on me so much, but it makes me laugh every time I watch it, is when Michael and Buddy are standing there at the entrance where, like, Jovi is standing there with kids in line to see Santa, who the manager is now playing Santa. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, he's a big, uh, kind of funny black guy. And he's got like the beard like partially on. It's like he's not even trying. <laughs> yeah. Whatever that was about. Yeah. Um, but like the Michael and Buddy are just standing there staring at her. And, and Michael like looks at Buddy. He's like, Do you do you look like why are you staring at that girl? He's like, Do you like her? And he's it's like, Yeah. He's like, Why don't you you know ask her to go eat? Like go eat food go to dinner or something it's like because then if she says yes then you know you're in it's like a code that girls have and like it's so funny it's like so awkward because buddy's just staring at her like not even blinking (laughs) and like the looks on 
Zoe Deschanel's face just cracked me up. She just like looks over at him, does like this awkward grin, and kind of like gives like a "Why are you looking at me?" look and waves at him. That <laughs> <laughs> just makes me laugh now every single time I watch it. And you know, she comes over and uh, she's like, "You probably shouldn't be here." Like after what happened, he's like, "No, it's okay. They give me a restraining order." <laughs> Uh, then he asked her out. She says yes, and you know we get like a date montage of those two and kind of see their relationship growing. Uh, and after all that, Buddy shows back up at Walter's work, and he's trying to tell him about his date. And at you know at that time, they've got a little person there named Miles Finch who's pitching ideas for books because you know Walter works for a like a publishing company. And uh, Buddy, of course, thinks he's an elf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he keeps talking about how he's an elf. The guy gets mad and starts fighting with him. Uh, and that's basically when, like, when Walter, Walter loses it and told, tells Buddy to like, get out of his life. Uh, Buddy takes off, and that's when you know, it's on Christmas Eve. And, of course. Uh, yeah, of course. And it, of course, it just happens too that Santa's sleigh goes down in New York, and only Buddy can help him. Mm-hmm. So now Buddy's got to like fix the sleigh and then rally his his like family. His family like goes to find him. They all band together to spread Christmas cheer and get Santa's sleigh moving so he can make it uh, back to the North Pole. You know, it kind of wrapped up the movie pretty quick at the end there, but that you know, after the whole date scene and um, calling the little person an elf, <laughs> <laughs> who's played by Peter Dinklage, by the way. Um, yeah, everything kind of goes fast after that. But you you want to get into like some favorite scenes that you have? I already mentioned one of mine with the kind of awkward staring and. <laughs> Oh yeah, the funny, the funny looks on Zoe's face. Uh, well, I mentioned the uh, some some of the things that stuck out to me, but just I mean, there's so much with it because they interject so many little um, scenes into it where he has that childlike ignorance. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, everybody who's seen the movie is familiar with the world's best cup of coffee (laughs) um, and things like that. So and then him when he's uh, when Zoe Deschanel singing in the shower and then he like just hang like walks in on her. And the, the of course, the funniest part with that is not the singing, but when she screams at him and he covers his eyes and runs out and runs into the wall. <laughs> I didn't know you were naked in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, just. I don't know if I could really pick out specific things. I mean, the movie as a whole is great and. Oh man, I 
I know why my wife likes it so much. And honestly, and I know, or I figure that we'll probably be talking about too. I can't imagine anyone doing a better job at it than Will Ferrell. No. And I heard one of the, I didn't have this in my trivia because I, I saw it later after I got on my trivia set that one of the original people they had in mind for Buddy was Jim Carrey. Yeah, I saw that Which too. Which would have been interesting, but I, it just, this character was like almost made for Will Ferrell. Yeah. Yeah. And no, the it, original writer of the script was the one who really pushed for Will Ferrell to play Buddy. Yeah. Because he it, loved his stuff so much in Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Good call on that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess, you know, some of my favorite scenes, I, I like all the stuff in the North Pole, uh, especially when he's, you know, testing the Jack in the Box. Yeah. And just like how scared he gets every single time and just thinking like that would be one of the worst jobs ever because you'd be constantly getting startled. <laughs> uh, and I hate being startled more than anything, uh, which is one of the reasons I don't go to haunted house attractions. That's so funny that you're such a horror movie fan, but you don't like being startled. That's what everybody always says to me, but I always say, you know, there's a difference between being scared and being startled. Yeah, I, 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 I do startled. understand that. Yeah. And, like, a lot of I, you know, when I get startled, sometimes my reaction is to, like, shove or, like, yo, punch. punch. Yeah. <laughs> like to defend myself so yeah not really a good and it just makes me uneasy and i don't like that feeling Mm -hmm. um but yeah like having that job of testing the jack in a box would be awful um you know i guess some other things too that i i really enjoy is when he's walking around new york and he's taking the gum off the the railing of the subway and eating it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like I don't know if you've ever been to New York. Yeah, I have. But yeah, it's just <laughs> the idea of that is so gross. Yeah, uh, I like I can only imagine. You know, like the crew is in there before that scene, and they're like bleaching and like maybe repainting it and. <laughs> Yeah, I I couldn't find any facts on that. There was something in the documentary about it, but I'm, I would have to watch it again because I don't remember exactly what they said about the candy. Um, and, you know, there's a scene, too, where... Um, and this is actually in my trivia, so I'll, I'll just kind of talk about it again in the trivia. But when they're walking around and he sees the guy in the red sweatsuit and he's got the long white beard and he's just like santa santa (laughs) (laughs) the guy just kind of looks at him and uh when he's taking like the flyers from the guy standing in front of the store thank you thank you (laughs) yes yeah that just cracks me up uh the whole interactions he has with the manager at gimbals are funny because that guy's just a funny dude that Mm -hmm. manager like just his uh his voice, his, you know, his facial expressions and his reactions to everything. It's just, it's just hilarious. Yeah. How paranoid he is that he's going to lose his job. 
Uh, and how adamant he is about six inch ribbon curls. <laughs> six inches. But yeah, I, you know, I guess I can get into trivia and facts. I got quite a few things for this just because there are so many interesting things. Uh, so I talked about the scene where Buddy chases down the fake Santa. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the guy dressed as Santa. So a lot of the stuff like in New York, uh, none of those people are actors. They're just people that were walking down the street. And John Fat, like this whole thing was set up. There was only three people doing those scenes: Will Ferrell, John Favreau, and the cameraman. Oh wow! Because the the budget was like fairly small for this movie, and um, so a lot of them, like it would just be people in the background, and John Favreau would just asking like, "Hey, like, how would you like to be in a movie?" And then he'd give them like ten bucks or something. <sighs> Like nice. these people just walking around. So that guy that looked like Santa was just a regular dude walking around. That's funny. In New York. And it just happened to like, oh my God, this guy looks like Santa. So they, you know, ran up to him and asked him if he wanted to be in it too. And it's just, it's hilarious. <laughs> uh, yeah. The budget, I mean, for the time, the budget was $33 million, which isn't like a whole, a whole heck of a lot, especially for a movie shot in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it made $223.3 million. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, very successful. Um, so other stuff in New York, there were several minor traffic accidents occurred when Will Ferrell walked through the Lincoln Tunnel in his costumes because oh, uh, people were so surprised and they're distracted, like, you know, from his outfit. <laughs> uh, so the part where they're in the hospital or in the doctor's office and buddy keeps eating the cotton balls. Yeah. Uh, those were actually made out of cotton candy that wasn't dyed. Yeah. I kind of figured as much. <laughs> yeah. I think I actually meant, uh, made that comment, uh, to my wife. Yeah. Um, so talking about buddy eating weird stuff. So the scene where buddy eats different kinds of like candies and pastries with the spaghetti noodles, and like mm-hmm. the syrup and all that. Um, all that was real. And they had to be shot twice because the first time Will Ferrell threw up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Which I could just, I could picture that happening. I, I wish there was like an outtake of that somewhere. Like it's got to exist somewhere. Yeah. That'd be funny. Uh, so the scene in Gimbal's where. Buddy starts a fight with um, Artie Lang as as Santa. That all had to be done in one take because it was too hard to rebuild everything that they destroyed. You know, they had like those skyscrapers made out of Legos that yeah. they destroyed. Yeah, all that stuff. It took too long to rebuild, so they had to do it one shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I was I was wondering about that. So, so the manager at Gimbal's that I mentioned. Um, was originally supposed to be played by Wanda Sykes. Okay. <laughs> and then she pulled out like right before they started filming and they had to like scramble and, uh, you know, they got the, the guy they did phase on love is his name. And if you look closely at his name tag, it says Wanda on it. Oh, really? Yeah. And he, d- he wanted to keep that tag cause he thought it was funny. That is funny. 
Um, so there's, uh, you know, the scene where he goes in the Empire State Building and the security guards, like, take him off for mm-hmm. being, like, crazy. One of the security guards is played by Patrick Farrell, Will Farrell's brother. Okay. Which I didn't even know he had a brother. <laughs> I, I didn't even know that either. Uh, so I talked about the Jack in a Box scene. Uh, director John Favreau used a remote control to trigger the Jack in a Box toys. <laughs> so he'd get like a true startled reaction from Will Ferrell. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Which makes those scenes even better. Uh, so um, Buddy's boss or like shift leader or like manager or whatever at the North Pole that talks to him about uh, how many Etch-A-Sketches he's made. Yeah. Did the guy look familiar to you? Uh, yeah, he kind of did. I didn't know if it was just like from, you know, how many times I've seen the movie, but. That actor was is Peter Billingsley, better known as Ralphie from A Christmas Story. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Which is kind of cool. Another uh, Christmas classic there. Yeah. Which actually, I my wife and I watched uh, Four Christmases today, the Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon movie. Oh, yeah. And he is actually in that one as well. It's like he works for an airport. <laughs> Which I was like, God, does this guy just do Christmas movies now? I know That's he doesn't fun. like act full time anymore. Yeah. But, um, you know, some of my favorite scenes in the movie, like I said, are in the North Pole and just like the cool sets that they had and the claymation and stuff. So the film was able to use elements from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Which, I mean, is obvious at the beginning of the movie with, you know, the snowman and all that kind of stuff. Um, They could freely use those because the film was not properly copyrighted. It contained an error in the Roman numerals of its copyright notice. (gasps) So the copyright was like null, basically. Mm. Which, you know, Rudolph, like as a kid, and even now, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is like my favorite favorite of the christmas specials on tv okay i i always found you know the puppetry with the wooden because it's not claymation it's wooden puppets yeah did you know that yeah um the all the rankin and bass stuff like that like santa claus is coming to town here comes peter cottontail i was always really like fascinated with that and i always thought like everything that went into it was so cool um and the dvd i have of it has like a documentary talking about you know the show like the original puppets and like the state they're in now you know a lot of stuff's like deteriorated in them but um you know there's just like bits and pieces of rudolph that fell off (laughs) (laughs) but i was always super fascinated with those and i always like thought that you know that rudolph the way it was done was just so cool um so you mentioned the Mr. Narwhal scene. The oh, buddy, hope you find your dad. <laughs> the voice of Mr. Narwhal was done by John Favreau. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> that's always one of my favorite scenes too. Uh, and I, you know, with the Rudolph characters in it, it always, you know, they got the snowman who almost looks identical to the one in Rudolph. Uh, you got the other like little creatures. Uh. I was a little disappointed they didn't take any of the misfit toys. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, which yeah, I can go on a little bit about Rudolph. Like the misfit toys always cracked me up too. Cause there's one that's a Jack in a box, but his name is Charlie. Like, dude, why don't you just start calling yourself Jack? <laughs> <laughs> Never understood that. It's like, I'm a misfit because my name's Charlie. I was like, why don't you just tell everybody your name is Jack? Boom, no longer a misfit. And then they'd never say what's wrong with the doll that cries. And then one of them that's like my favorite voice of all of them in the, in the special, and it drives my wife nuts because I always laugh and do the voice when we watch it, is the water pistol that shoots jelly. I'm like, why don't you just put water in it? <laughs> <laughs> it's no longer a misfit. It's like, that's a water pistol that shoots jelly. <laughs> Uh, but yeah we're talking about elf not rudolph but i could go on and on about rudolph oh i'm sure but yeah that's pretty much all i got for facts um yeah i mentioned the how successful of a movie this was and how you know that kind of put john favreau and will ferrell like in the limelight and got them a lot of recognition Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just kind of funny now to like look back at this movie because at the time, like Will Ferrell was just kind of like a goofy guy that had small roles in things like you know Zoolander and you know Night at the Roxbury, which was so bad that it was good. Uh, <laughs> you know, he played Mustafa in the Austin Powers movies. <laughs> yeah, who always had funny death scenes. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it was like this is his first big role, and that kind of got him some recognition where you know other directors could see him and like, wow, this guy can really like hold his own, he's really funny, and you know, we need to put him some more things, and that kind of led to you know, stuff like Anchorman and Step Brothers and Talladega Nights, and um, one of them that didn't do as well but still had some funny moments is kicking and screaming. Mm -hmm. the the soccer one um which was uh i watched it the other night and you know that that one it's it's okay it's not will ferrell's best but uh it's still pretty funny in parts but you know elf was really what kind of got him some notoriety and you know led to him having the career that he has now yeah um and john favreau as well i mean he went on to direct you know, plenty of different movies. Like he did that chef movie that was really big and won um, a fair amount of awards for that. And, you know, now, like I said, he is writing and producing and directing a lot of the Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up being able to direct one of the feature star Wars movies in the future. Yeah. Cause everyone knows that there's going to be like 50 more of them. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, um, Disney's going to milk that for all it's worth. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's squeeze all the money out of that that they can. That's another thing, too, that I'm kind of getting a little bit over with, uh, which is really actually disappointing because, I mean, I love that franchise so much, but it's just like getting beaten to death. Oh, yeah. They're grinding into the ground. It happens mm-hmm. with series. Um. Man, they should have stopped with the original trilogy. You know, I did like The Force Awakens. Yeah, and I know. The Last Jedi. Um, it was all right. 
Yeah, I haven't I watched Skywalker yet, so Rise of Skywalker or whatever. It's not too bad. I don't mind like the three more that they just recently did, but like they're going to be doing other movies. Uh, yeah, just like it's so much. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, this back to this, this movie really like launched some careers, you know, really in Zoe Deschanel, too. Because, you know, before this movie, I had no clue who she was. And then even years after this movie came out, I went back and watched it. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's Zoe Deschanel. Mm -hmm. She's got blonde hair in this movie. Yeah. And she looks really different. Like, oh, yeah. New girl. She looks so different than this. Yeah. And she's kind of like a person that doesn't really age either. Like she's very. um, Very youthful looking. (laughs) She's got kind of like a young face anyway, so. In a very like childish, per- childish personality, mm-hmm. so you know that kind of helps as well. Um, but yeah, really a big like a big pivotal movie in all those careers for those people. Yeah. But do you want to get into grades? Let's wait. Did you do all your uh, trivia and? In... Yeah, that was all of it. Okay. All right. I didn't know if there was. Oh more. Yeah. I'm... You're not listening. I said I wrapped it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, no, I thought there was—I thought there was something that we mentioned that you were going to bring up later, and I don't know. I'm crazy, so. Yeah, I think it was the Mister Narwhal thing. Okay. God, you're right. So anyway, grades <laughs> uh, pulled from Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb. Did you happen to see the IMDb score? Because sometimes you ruin it for yourself. I know. Uh, no, actually, I did not. I, I do my best not to. Uh, IMDb is my go-to for seeing the list of cast members and everything and their character names. Mm-hmm. So I always do try to avoid the score, though. So I did not um, see it. So I, man, I can't remember what the top scores are um, overall. I, I think I'm going to go with, like, a... Eight point four. Um, no, really... it's a, it's a seven. Oh, which wow. I feel like is solid because you know comedies sometimes don't get you know especially goofy comedies like this don't get rated as high. Hmm. That's lame. Yeah. So, what do you think the Rotten Tomatoes one is? There's a critic and an audience score, by the way. Oh, let's see here. Let's go with uh, 72 for Critic. 84 for Critic. So you were close with your IMDb score. Dang it. (laughs) The Um, audience is actually lower than the Critic, I'll say. Okay. Uh, 78? 79. Oh, all right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so what do you give this movie? Uh, well, this is a really solid movie. I think anybody can watch it and be entertained by it. And it is one of my favorite Christmas movies. Um, and that is not just to be on the good side of my wife. 
Uh, but yeah, I, I always enjoy watching it. I think it's probably one of the Christmas movies I've watched the most often. And so I would give it a, uh, I would give it a five out of five. All right. Um, man, I had a hard time grading this movie because, you know, it's one I, I do enjoy. It's not my favorite Christmas movie. Christmas vacation still probably like my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, you know, I mentioned Rudolph is probably my favorite Christmas special. So I would rate that higher than this. Um, but you know, there's a lot of things that I do really enjoy with this. I always like Will Ferrell. Um, and you know, last week when we talked about like our favorite actors and actresses, uh, you know, I've come to realize that I always like appreciate Mary Steenburgen in movies she's in. Cause I always feel like she does a really good job and she always comes off as like a genuine person. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's always nice seeing her in things. Uh, and I have to mention the, the MVP of this movie is Michael's Wayne Corbett Jets jersey. <laughs> that seems to be like an NFL player that a lot of people kind of forget about these days. And, you know, how decent he was back in the day. Uh, and this makes me, I just noticed that this time watching him like, oh man, he's got a Wayne Corbett jersey on. <laughs> but, um, you know, I kind of, when I, created this i base this more on like my ranking of favorite christmas movies okay so i, I give it a four out of five whoa it's something what? I, I enjoy a lot but it's not you know and we always end up watching it a fair amount but it's not my favorite i would say dude you're terrible <laughs> i hate your face <laughs> Uh, so a small little branch off from Wayne Corbett. So this movie came out in 2003. Mm-hmm. Um, that wasn't even his best season. He only had 289 yards receiving that season. <laughs> 1998 was his best season where he had over a thousand yards. Nice. <laughs> Figured you might want a little backstory on Wayne Corbett at the time. Yeah. Of this movie. <laughs> Yeah, that was uh, that was definitely <laughs> useful. Oh man! So yeah, it was fun. You know, last year we kind of we reviewed and tackled uh, Christmas Vacation, and you know we were able to touch on Elf this year. Next year, I don't know. We'll have to figure out what we're going to do. I mean, it, obviously, it's a ways away, but we're on such a good streak of quality Christmas movies. Die Hard. <laughs> Do the whole series of Die Hard. Yeah, we we were talking about that. We we do want to do Die Hard at some point, uh, the movie and or the series. So it might be kind of a funny change up for quote unquote Christmas movies to do the greatest Christmas movie <laughs> of all time. Do do a series of unconventional Christmas movies. <laughs> like Die Hard, Lethal Weapon, yeah, Batman Returns. Oh my gosh, we'll have to get Craig on the show for that one. Oh, uh, he actually likes that one. He doesn't like Batman and Robin. Oh, that one. Yeah, no, no, that true. Yeah. yeah, Batman Returns, which takes place during Christmas, and so does Lethal Weapon. Ooh. 
But yeah, so next week uh, we will be sticking with Will Ferrell and we're going to do a Will Ferrell actors highlight. Um, so that should be fun. Um, just a reminder too, that's going to be ending out December and then coming in January, we are going to be reviewing the four main Karate Kid movies in the series. Um, we decided that we're not going to do the, the remake. Uh, nothing against it. Neither one of us have seen it. Because it's stupid. So no, we, we don't <laughs> we're just going to stick with you know, Karate Kid 1, 2, 3, and then the next Karate Kid. So oh, next yeah. week, look forward to the Will Ferrell actress highlight. And until then, Merry Christmas and Be Kind Rewind. I'm singing. I'm in a store and I'm singing. I'm in a store and I'm singing. Hey! There's no singing in the North Pole. Yes, there is. No, it's not. We sing all the time. No, it's not. Especially when we make toys.